Welcome to Menu Stories, where we get to hear the stories of the people behind the restaurants and food we love. I'm your host, Rebecca Goberstein. On this episode of Menu Stories, we visit a historic Italian deli in San Francisco. It's not in North Beach, as you might imagine, but in the heart of the Mission District on 22nd and Valencia. The red, white, and green awning that wraps around the corner is the first thing you see when you approach Luca Ravioli Company. We get to meet Michael Fenno, owner of Luca Ravioli. Michael's great uncle, Francesco Stangolini, came to San Francisco from Italy in the 1920s to look for work and eventually bought the existing ravioli company that produced pasta at this location in this Italian suburb that became the Mission District. Ever since, Luca Ravioli has remained a family-owned business and delicatessen, and Michael started working at the shop in 1966 at the age of 11. As we get to know Michael, we learn about Italian cuisine, how Luca sources their ingredients and remains authentic to current Italian flavors, and we hear Michael tell us how the mission has changed over the decades. Let's have a listen and hear more about Luca Ravioli from Michael himself. I never did like a title. Um, because it's a family tradition to feel like all the customers are part of the family. And so when they come in and everybody that comes in has something in common, a love of Italy, um, I don't like to use a title so I could connect with them. So they, they, they feel like they're part of the family just coming in here. And that's the most important thing, to come into the store, enjoy it, uh, enjoy the food that we have, uh, the atmosphere, maybe lose yourself for a few minutes uh, as if you're actually in Italy. And um, then you become part of the family. What kind of products will a customer find in your store? Not only the traditional products, but we also really try to keep uh, products that are very hard to find. Anything from squid ink uh, to uh, salt cod dry bacala. Often a recipe will come out on a cooking show or, or on uh, the internet, and they'll call for a certain specific pasta. And um, we have... Uh, dozens and dozens of different cuts of pasta dry. Uh, anything from uh, farfalle, uh, cavatappi, uh, linguine, anything that would come up in a recipe you could find here. So you can make an authentic dish. Uh, the other products that we make in our kitchen is our uh, artichoke frittata. Uh, we make all our sauces, our meatless marinara, our bolognese, our cream sauce, our pesto. Uh, so uh, three quarters of all our products are vegetarian because uh, Italians at home uh, actually don't eat much meat. And unlike restaurant food, we're tied to home cooking. That's great. You mentioned that Luca Ravioli Company has been around for almost 90 years or just over 90 years now. Do you know the story of, of why it opened and, and how it opened and who opened it in your family? Uh, my great uncle, uh, Francesco Stangolini, came from Italy in 1921. Uh, the teens and the 20s in Italy 
uh, had uh, crop failures. The politics was terrible. There's a tremendous amount of poverty. And uh, at one time I asked my uh, great uncle, it's like, well, what's such a prestigious name like Stangolini? Uh, how come he didn't stay in Italy? And he just looked at me and simply said, there was no work. Yeah. So he came here, uh, connected with the Italian community that was already here, uh, got a job in a fish market, and he hated it. He said it stunk. <laughs> literally, so, probably. Literally, yeah. <laughs> in, in San Francisco, right? This yeah, all, in okay. San Francisco. So it took him four years to look around, and he was able to buy the building uh, and there was already a ravioli company in existence in this building. So he took it over and brought and started making the same dishes that he was used to his family making in Lucca, Italy. Now, before World War II, uh, businesses were named after the region they came from. And then all the Italians would look, for instance, Lucca Ravioli Company, and they know exactly how the raviolis was made. They know exactly how the sauce was made. Uh, anything that was made in the store would be made uh, just like it was from that region. So it's kind of a signal like, uh, you know, you know what you're getting because this is from the Luca region of Italy. Right. Yeah. And we carry on that tradition. But now today, uh, the Luca area, uh, Toscana, has uh, modernized also. And if you look at the modern cooking shows and magazines in Italy, the dishes are still the authentic Italian dishes, but they have new twists, modern ingredients, new techniques. They're lighter. Uh, so the store has also evolved in the same respect. Mm -hmm. how, how do you stay connected to that? How do you know what's, um, what's going on? Do you get to go back frequently or... Do you have a representative that kind of <laughs> feeds you? Uh, I go back every two to three years. I still have cousins in Italy. And uh, I do like to travel throughout Italy. And it's a joy to uh, go to different areas and eat the food. Uh, now it's getting challenging because I also go to an area and ask um, for some authentic dishes. And they'll send me to some little restaurant way up in the hills um, to get food just the way it was cooked maybe a hundred years ago. Wow. And um, also, um, we keep uh, track of uh, like La Cucina Italiana. Um, it's no longer published in English, but the Italian version is. Uh, we keep track of what's coming over the internet and uh, what's happening in Italy. And then we also look at uh, what's happening in the restaurant scene in San Francisco and what's happening on the cooking shows uh, here in the United States. And that helps you decide which ingredients to bring in and all that kind of stuff? Uh, what it helps us do is when we're looking uh, through the wholesalers, we buy from coast to coast, uh, east coast, west coast, and in Canada, um, different uh, ingredients will become popular at different times according to the magazines and the cooking shows. And we know that people are searching for them so we'll carry them. Also, people either email us or call us, and they'll be looking for a certain spice, a certain type of pasta, uh, a particular ingredient that they saw someplace. And often we could provide that and find it for them or find a reference. So you're kind of like um, on-demand specialty ingredient sourcing almost. Yeah, and, and uh, since we're tied to home cooking, uh, most of our customers really enjoy preparing uh, a great meal at home. And um, 
part of preparing a great meal is having the correct and authentic ingredients. Um, so we have them. I totally identify with that. Um, I used to live a couple blocks away and that's how we discovered this place. And it's such a treat to come down to the mission, which where we don't live anymore. And, and you kind of get the scent when you walk in right away and the feeling. And it's just the first step of cooking a really nice meal is picking out the ingredients and sort of walking into um, an authentic shop like this. So I'm totally your customer <laughs> when it comes oh, really to I really appreciate it. And, uh, <laughs> I'm kissing up, but no, it's true. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's one of the things that we really enjoy. Uh, like I said before, when somebody comes in, uh, yeah. it's really a joy to connect with them, what they're cooking the experiences of, uh, that they've had. And uh, people come in the store not only to buy things to cook with, but to interact. Uh, we have a map of Italy on the ceiling. People love to come in and say, this is where my family is. Yep. Uh, sometimes people just come in and they plan their vacation on the ceiling. <laughs> uh, sometimes people just come in and uh, daydream. And for maybe 10 minutes, uh, they're in Luca in Italy. And that's their break of the day. And yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, I mean, that's ha happened to me. I studied abroad in Verona, Italy in college. And um, the first time I noticed the the map on the ceiling, I started pointing out everything to my husband. And <laughs> I think I bored him to death. But I had a really good time walking back into my memories of what it was like to actually live there and, and experience that. And I mean, just even now we're we're standing at the at the marble counter where you process all the orders when your customers come in and there's this overwhelming delicious smell of fresh baked bread and the meats and the cheeses and um it's it, it's uh distracting in a good way <laughs> it's just there you're just surrounded by the the sights and the smells of delicious food so it's hard not to uh it's hard not to connect that to a memory that you have somewhere with Italy. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate that. There's a funny story about the aroma of the store. Uh, I know it's quite intense and none of us uh, could smell it. It's a phenomenon where after you've worked here for about a month, your brain recognizes it and filters it out and all we smell is fresh air. <laughs> when we go on vacation, it takes maybe three weeks and when you come back, the second you walk in the store, you go, wow. And the second your brain recognizes the uh, aroma, it's gone again. Yeah. So that means you guys have to take more vacations so you can come back and actually detect the smell. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to going back and, and maybe going to Via Reggio, uh, which is the beach town just outside of Luca. And... Um, Really enjoying the saltwater sea and floating out there and watching the fish go by. So how would you describe where Luca is and, and what is the typical cuisine there? Um, Luca is on the Arno River that flows from Florence. And there's a little triangle. Uh, Luca's inland. And then south of Luca's Pisa. And then north of Pisa's Via Reggio, the beach town. So they're very close to the sea. Uh, one of the things about traditional Italian cooking, it's based on whatever was grown uh, in that region uh, or the animals of that region. So uh, when you get down to Tuscany, you have a mixture of sheep, you have cows, you have pigs, 
Um, you have green vegetables, uh, fresh fruit. Uh, so when you go and look at their raviolis, their pasta, their sauces, um, uh, what they grill, uh, they, it's all based on the animals and food that's in that area. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. How old were you the first time you went to Luca? Um, I was 11 years old. It, it seems like an awful lot of things started when I was 11, and I was able to go back and uh, uh, be a kid and play at my cousin's uh, farm. And it's one of my fondest memories of having uh, all my animals and the chickens and the goats and uh, the rabbits. So that was the first time that I, I went back. Um, and also, uh, it was the same year uh, that my father said, Hey, Mike, you want to come help Dad on uh, Saturday? I said, Sure, Dad. So uh, I started down here in 1966, sweeping up. How did that, that make you feel when he asked you to do that? Uh, I, I think I was still young enough uh, that it was played to me, and I was like, Oh, sure, I'll go down and play at the store, Dad. Um, so it, it was a good feeling. Uh, before then... Uh, I used to play in the warehouses, and um, I keep two of my trucks up on the shelves, uh, the big old uh, Pacific uh, International Express and a big red one, uh, trucks from the 1940s. And I used to play with those in the warehouse, so I kind of went from playing with the trucks uh, to sweeping up uh, to working behind the counter. Uh, my father passed away in 1987, and that's when I took over. Uh, so I've been here since, and uh, our general manager, Jim, uh, he came in 1971, the Christmas of 71. You know, I remember that. I was 16 years old, and I was just too busy to say hello to him. I had shelves to stock. <laughs> <laughs> Does he give you a hard time about that? No, uh, he remembers it, and um, we've had so many good times here over the years with the, either the crew, the customers, now, we've been in here on 22nd and Valencia. Uh, there used to be quite a, a population of Italian-Americans here because this was like the first suburb uh, of North Beach in the marina uh, where a lot of people moved out. And then in the 60s was the decline of the Italians. Naturally, the Latin Americans came. Uh, in the 70s was the decline of the Mission District, and the drugs came. Uh, 1980 was probably the bottom. 1985, we had some new businesses. Um, then I'd be taking in bread in the morning, and uh, they used to open up a bar down the street, and the drunks used to fight me for bread that came out. And then one morning, I was taking things in and cleaning the sidewalk, and a young girl uh, was jogging by, and she said, Good morning, Mr. Luca. And I turned around and said, What? <laughs> and then little by little, the joggers came, and then the yoga people with their mats, <laughs> and then the BART people. Um, and now we have these big white buses picking up the tech people. So we've, um, you know, in my lifetime, and certainly in the 90 years, we've come full circle. That's incredible. I mean, this corner alone probably saw a ton of changes, especially even from the time that the store opened in 1925. Do you have any uh, stories that you remember that, um, that your family would share about what the mission was like when it first opened? There, you know, there was a wonderful experience in the mission. And when I was young, uh, across the street was Richie. He was an African-American man who owned a laundry. Um, you know, down the street, there's a little hamburger place. 
but you went to every single small store and the owner was there and it just seemed like this was one huge neighborhood playground everybody knew each other um, it was like an uh, old-fashioned San Francisco feeling and then um, uh, when I went away to college and, and came back in the mid-70s uh, we had a tremendous amount of inflation uh, the rents went sky-high and um, a lot of the older people uh, decided to retire and that's when uh, you saw a lot of change a lot of new people um, people that didn't grow up in San Francisco so uh, I have fond memories of going down North Beach and uh, staying out at night to midnight and going around all the different districts of uh, San Francisco and trying the food and just feeling like it was one big party one big family it was a nice way to grow up that's beautiful how do you see San Francisco now you know, San Francisco is great, and it's very dynamic. Um, a lot of people think it's a huge uh, city, but you know, then you go to New York or Paris or some of the other cities, and San Francisco is still small enough um, that you know, it feels like it's all together. It's all one. Um, with the younger people coming in the city, the tech people, and um, just a different generation, there's a vibrancy. You know, it's it's like the city has come alive again, like it hasn't been since probably the 1950s. So it's it's almost like there's a breath of fresh air out there, and I'm really excited. I want to see what's next. What's the hardest part about running Luca Ravioli Company today? I think the hardest part is is um, really trying to find out what the customer needs and try to stay connected. And, you know, that's an ongoing um, aspect of the business. And we're always experimenting in the back room with new recipes. We just started offering gluten-free pasta. Um, we have a basil, black pepper, garlic, gluten-free. And the best compliment I've ever got is the person looked up to me and said, is this gluten-free? <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, just really connecting with the customer and staying connected. And what's the most rewarding thing? looking back you know I, I, I've known hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of faces uh, the person's story their family story uh, you know I've been down here when my customers have had wonderful times I've seen people get married <laughs> I've seen people you know create the best dish in the world uh, I've seen the sadness the funerals the people going away uh, a lot of wonderful memories, just really wonderful memories. Michael may have gotten a little teary-eyed reminiscing about all the customers he's seen walk in and out of his deli, but he left our interview with the same warm smile I saw when I first came into the shop. I'll have a half pound of prosciutto, quarter pound of mortadella with the pistachios. And copa, copa? Yep, and a quarter pound of hot copa. Some of the Luca Ravioli team decided to help make sure the sounds were captured as you'd hear them once you walked into the store. 24, right here. Where are you at? Over here by the uh, wine section. I love your service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
naturals. Go their naturals. That day, I ate more hot copa, prosciutto, mortadella, cheese, bread, wine than I like to admit. But I had to do it for menu stories, right? At least that's what I tell myself. Check out more information about Luca Ravioli Company on their website at lucaravioli.com and, of course, on menustories.com. On the next episode of Menu Stories, we go a few blocks east and hear the story behind one of the most popular burrito spots in not just San Francisco, but the United States, La Taqueria on 25th and Mission. You'll not only fall in love with the atmosphere and food, if you haven't already, but with Miguel Jara, the longtime owner of the Snow Frills Casual Mexican Dining Spot. Sign up for our emails on menustories.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud so you don't miss the story. Until next time, happy eating. Happy eating.